Welcome to another Wednesday evening, Builders Problems Solved here at Builders Inner Circle. Uh, as you may well be aware, the, the purpose of the, the Builders Inner Circle or the purpose of Builders Problems Solved at least is to uh, pull apart, if you like, some very common problems that are in most building businesses. Uh, Wayno is watching. Good evening, Wayno. Wayno's always watching. Uh, I think he just sits in front of the iPad waiting for us to go live. <laughs> um, so we, we're pulling apart the, the common issues and uh, trying to give you so practical solutions that, that can give you far more time freedom and financial freedom and, and even more fun and fulfilment and meaning from your building business. You know, I'm sure that when you first started up your building business, the purpose wasn't to make yourself miserable and turn uh, yourself into a prisoner of your business so you could never see your family uh, and never go away on holidays and live on the smell of an oily rag. Unless that was your purpose, <laughs> so I know some builders out there who are fulfilling that purpose and that, you know, we're here to try and help. So the, tonight's special guest is um, Angus Morrison. As I've said before, he's been on the show before. Uh, Angus is an accountant and a profit, pro, uh, profit first professional, which is kind of like a unicorn. They are very, very rare. Um and we, we, we kind of won't, we, I don't think we need to get into why accountants don't seem to like or, or, or um, support the profit first philosophy. Maybe it's something to do with it really works and if you em employ it 100%, you're guaranteed to be profitable and your profits improve. And maybe they don't like that. I don't know why, <laughs> but, but we'll leave that alone. And so the purpose or the focus of, of this evening um, is Angus is going to help us understand from uh, a, a, a numbers point of view, if you like, what we need to do, what we need to measure, and the things that we need to change for you to get off the tools um, and increase the profitability and give you a bunch more uh, time freedom in your business. So excited about that. Uh, Paul Purden is watching. Tony's watching. Adrian is watching. Said, hey, everyone. So if you've got any questions as we go through this, please throw them in the, the comment section. Um, I'm sure we can answer a few questions as we're going through. If you're listening to this um, recording at some other stage in the future, uh, we are going to be doing a bit of sharing of the screen, going to be having a look at a spreadsheet, because everybody loves spreadsheets, of course. Um, and if if you want to, uh, if it's kind of not doing it for you while you're driving along in the car listening, maybe you need to jump across uh, into Builders in a Circle. If you're not a member, just uh, apply to join, answer a couple of quick questions. We'll open the door and you can watch the replay of this, plus many other replays and a bunch of other resources that always seem to end up in Builders in a Circle. So without further ado, let me unmute. <laughs> Angus and uh, introduce everyone to Angus. How are you this evening? Going well, thank you, Mick. Going well. Terrific. So uh, I hope I got that right. That's the purpose of what we're, we're doing tonight. It's, it's all about what the, the seven things that you need to do to get off, off the tools and um, I suppose grow the business. Yeah, that's right, Mick. Yeah, so it's sort of... <sighs> 
I sort of put together seven things from, from a numbers point of view. So I was really looking at at going through those, those numbers. So yeah, I won't focus too much on on the seven points specifically. I'll just go through like the, the whole spreadsheet, and from yep. that, you know, there'll be a few keys. Um, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll go through it in detail. So before you get going, tell me what the motivation was to to focus in on this. Is it is it uh, the perhaps the experiences that you've had looking at or looking into some building businesses and you, you've found that uh, there is a pathway to, to give uh, or to give a business owner more profitability by going down this this path or what was it? Yeah, that's exactly it, Mick. Um, it was going through, you know, this process with a few of your Black Belt members um, and just looking at what, specifically was required to, to both get off the tools and, and increase profit. And we found that when we went through this process with the, the spreadsheet and sort of outlined it and and you know, clearly showed the figures, it became quite clear. And um, uh, the, the people who I went through it with, I think that they got a lot out of it. Cool. And I was just really keen to, to share it with other people so they, they can see as well. Great. So um, we'll get stuck in in just a sec. For the people watching live here, I just want to ask you a question <clears throat> that um, if if you are able to make uh, more profit and you had a bit more time freedom to work on the business, what would be some of the things that you would like to work on uh, and how would those things, if you were able to work on those things, how would they benefit your business? I ask the question because I speak to a lot of builders and so many of them tell me that they know what they need to do, but they just never seem to get round to doing it. And I think that, that what we're about to see is so, so cool because um, it gives you a, a pathway to be able to put yourself into a position to start to work more on the business. And that is going to have a compounding effect in my view because um, when you start to free your time up to a certain extent so you're not on the tools all of the time, you can do the work on the business that can make the business more profitable but can also free you up even more. Uh, and around and around and around we go and things improve. So uh, tell us what you would like to do um, and we will uh, see if we can help out as we go through here. Uh, Paul Purden is saying that uh, he got a lot, him and Jan got a lot out of their meeting with you, Angus, so uh, he got the thumbs up there. Demir is saying if he had more free time he would work on the marketing and, and that is so important because when you work on marketing, to me, marketing, if you get that right, you're getting a better quality of client who is prepared to pay a premium, who isn't high maintenance, that doesn't suck all of your time and emotion away from you into your business, and that makes everything easier. It makes the qualified process easier. It makes the the project flow a lot easier because they're a better quality of client. And so investing time and effort in that front end of the business can affect everything as it goes through. Adam has also just joined us. So over to you, Angus. Run us through the spreadsheet uh, that you have uh, prepared for us and uh, 
Show us the steps that we need to start to look at. Okie doke. I'll share the screen. Nicholas has just joined us. Tony has said he would work on systems. Again, having the opportunity to work on systems gives you more freedom because there are less mistakes, there's more efficiency to be able to start to work on the business again and off you go on this sort of upward spiral. All right. So what I'm going to do is go through the numbers um, for I suppose, a hypothetical building business where the owner is working on the tools. Um, and I'll just go through the calculations around how we get our costs and, and, and revenue and what that looks like from a profit and loss point of view. Sure. And, and then I'll go through the same format of figures, but we'll look at it if the, um, the builder is working as a, more a project manager, so they're off the tools, and we'll look at the costs and then what the project manager needs to do to um, to do this successfully in terms of um, the extra labour that's required and the price rises and so on. So just to um, show you how the calculations work, we've got a hypothetical project here. So firstly, we just I mean, one of the key inputs is obviously how long it takes to work on the project. So we've got um, an assumption here that we're going to spend 100 days on this project. So it's a bit less than six months. If we've got about 230, 220 working days a year. Um, so the, when we're on the tools, the business owner is going to spend 100 days on the tools and we're going to assume the business owner has an apprentice and has a subcontractor who works for 90 days. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the total days worked on the project. And then if we scroll down, we've got the cost here. So we're going to pay $35 an hour for the apprentice and $45 an hour for the subcontractor. So obviously those prices will vary from business to business. Yes. So this is just an example just to show you how it all falls together. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And then if we've got a labour cost um, or per hour, then we need to work out what it's going to be for the total. So if we assume that eight hours a day is worked, so we simply multiply the the number of days, which was 100 for the apprentice, times the hourly rate, times eight, and we'll get the total cost for the project for the apprentice is 28000 And we'll do the same for the subcontractor at the, the rate of 45 times 90 days. So we get the 32400 so then we've got a total labour cost on the project for your apprentice and contractors of 60400 So that's pretty straightforward. So now we've got the labour revenue calculation for the project. So we're going to assume that we're going to charge ourselves out at $55 an hour. The apprentice is going to be charged out at 40 and the subcontractor um, is going to be charged out at $60 an hour. So to get the labour revenue, we just simply, again, multiply the hours um, by the hourly rate um, to get what our labour revenue for the job will be. So the, um, the builder, you'll get 44 grand in revenue and the, um, you'll bill 32 grand for the apprentice and 43, 200 for the subcontractor. So you've got a total, total labour revenue of 119. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to, Assume that we're going to sell 350 grand worth of materials and we're going to mark that up by 5%. So you might mark it up by more or less or whatever, but just for the sake of this exercise. 
That's what we'll go with. And then we've got some overheads. So overheads obviously being, you know, all your other costs, your insurance, your vehicles, um, anything that's not related to the materials for the project or the direct labour. So we'll say 40 grand. So now we can build up a profit and loss statement. So we've got the revenue. So we've got our own um, our own fee. That's our time, the 44 grand. We had the 75 grand for the apprentice and the subcontractor. And we've um, we've billed slightly more than we've paid for the materials. And then our costs, excluding our own fee. So we've paid 60 grand for the for the labor, 350 for the materials. So our net result here is what we've billed for ourselves, 44 grand. Plus we've got um, some profit on the apprentice and the subcontractor of nearly 15 grand, and we've made some money on the materials. So our project profit is 76 grand. So that's fine. And then because we're working on the tools for 100 days, I've assumed that we'll do two projects a year. So our, our total return um, per annum before we take into account our overheads and tax is 152 grand. And then we've got overheads of 40, as mentioned before. And um, we've got a total, a total profit before tax. This is what we get to take home before we pay tax is 112 grand. So, you know, that, that's a, a reasonable return. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but what we want to look at is how we can obviously, as we were saying, increase that profit whilst getting off the tools. So if we scroll back up, we'll just, um, we'll take a, um, an example here. So we're going to look at what's going to happen if we project manage the job. So the first key is we have to work out how many days we have to work on this project as, as a project manager. Because bear in mind, we're not on, on the tools anymore. We're going to get a subcontractor to do that. So, you know, you might think you could do it in 30 days, which is a bit less than a third of the job, or, you know, you might be there um, half the time. But just as a designated project manager, if, if you were in that role, how long would you take on this project? So I've, I've put 40 there, which is a reasonable estimate. Now, the apprentice is still going to work 100 days. The same subcontractor is still going to work 90 days. And then you're going to have to hire another subcontractor to replace your labour on the tools. And I'll put that as 90 days because, excuse me, in the example when you're on the tools for 100 days, a component of that would have been project management. So I've been relatively conservative yep. and said that the extra subcontractor you now have to um, engage is going to do 90 days on yep. the job. And it's so, important, you know, for people watching to understand this, and I guess this could even be a discussion for another day, but it's just the the the, the confidence that they need to have in themselves to be able to do something like this is super important because – until and unless you start doing this, I think you're really cheapening the value of yourself because there are many builders who are taking on the role of, of a project manager, but they are only charging themselves out at the, the tool belt rate, if you like, um, and they, they really need to start to appreciate the value that they are providing from their own experience and their intellectual property, uh, and there are certain 
hours during the day where they are doing stuff that is uh, should be charged out at a much higher rate than just your standard labour rate, and and that's a confidence thing. And I, I'm sure you've you've run into that with some discussions from some of our black belt members. Yeah, that's right. I agree with you totally, Mick. It's a it's a big issue, um, and it's something that's got to be addressed. And it, it does make a big difference. We'll go through the numbers in a minute. It's a massive factor in, in how profitable your projects will be. So, um, so we've got another thirty days worked on the project, um, and so now we need to look at the costs. So we've got the same cost as we had before, um, but. We've obviously got another subcontractor, so we've doubled our subcontracting cost. So it's gone up from the 32400 to the 64800 So our total labour on the job has obviously gone up by that same amount as well. So we're paying more out on the job for our staff. So um, I'll get to the amount for the, um, for the project manager in a minute. Um, so the revenue, so this is... The point that Mick just made. So the second big thing we do need to look at is what you're going to charge out in terms of an hourly rate when you're the project manager. Yes. Because as Mick just said, you are providing more expertise. You're providing something of great value to the client because of the nature of a project management role. So you should be able to charge more than what you were charging before when you're on the tools. So I've just put $65 an hour, which I don't think that is that high at all, but just for the sake of the exercise. No, no. And um, if you think about it, I mean, if, if, if there's a project running uh, and um, you've basically just got a tradesman running that project, what sort of problems do you run up against and, and what sort of uh, issues and frustration and costs does that lead to when somebody knows how to do that technical work but really doesn't know how to run a project and manage people and run a Gantt chart and all of that sort of stuff, the, the investment that the client needs to pay to have their project run smoothly and not let the cost go crazy um, it's fair and reasonable to have uh, that that extra cost for the for the project, and we'll talk about this a little later in the discussion how you how you might set this up. But just from the, the the listener and the viewer's point of view right now, they need to understand that by doing it this way, they are providing a significantly better experience and better value for their customers than the scenario one. Yeah, totally agreed, Mick. Totally agreed. And also, you know, you should charge more for the extra responsibility as well. Totally. Um, so we're going to leave the apprentice rate at $40 an hour. And this is something um, I have seen in some um, building companies is the apprentice is charged out at a very low rate. Um, cost rate. Well, as cost, I said, we'll cost, leave it at $40 uh, You've told now, me in the past. It'd be great if that went up. Um, and the subcontractor will be the same. So. The revenue now is, again, it's simply the hour, number of hours times the hourly rate. Um, so we've got the business owner is now going to bill nearly $21,000 for the job. The apprentice is the same and the subcontractors are going to bill um, twice as much because there are two subcontractors instead of one. So our labour revenue has gone up by twenty grand. Now, our materials is the same. so. I think another, like the fourth point is that 
as project manager, it may give you a bit more scope to concentrate on making more money on, on the markup of the materials. Yep. So I've left it at 5% for now, but I think if you're solely focused as a project manager, there's no reason why that couldn't go up. And when you're selling 350 grand worth of materials, it doesn't have to go up by a large percentage to make a good difference to the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a heap of efficiencies I believe can be picked up when you mentally switch over from uh, getting off the nail gun and and getting your mentality because you're being paid to do that into project management. There's there's a bunch of of efficiencies that you can start to uh, tap into as well as what you've just said there, looking at ways of uh, increasing the margin in um, in materials. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I've assumed that overheads will go up because in a minute I'll talk about the number of projects. So the fifth thing to look at is how much more would it cost to run the business if you're a project manager? And the extra cost you know, overheads would be because you're going to take on some more projects and so you're going to have things like maybe more insurance cost, maybe more vehicle cost, more, say, bookkeeping cost and so on. So it is reasonable to assume that your overheads will go up as the the um, size of your business increases. So now we'll look at the profit and loss statement for when you're project managing the business. So your revenue here, we can see the amount that you're bringing in as project manager has gone down because also you're working less on the job, so you're not billing out as much. But the apprentices obviously are billing more. Sorry, the apprentices and the subcontractors are billing more because they're doing more of the labour. And the materials we're assuming is the same. So the overall impact of what we've just done is a $20,000 increase on the job. So that's the increase you have to charge your client. So that's the, the sixth um, major point. And so here, that's a 4.1% increase in the, um, the, the cost to the client. So I'll, we'll go through the profit in a minute but, and we'll come back to this. So just bear in mind that to make this work, you have to be able to sell at a higher price. Mm -hmm. So our costs, so obviously our apprentice and subcontractor costs have gone up because we've got the extra subcontractor. Our materials have stayed the same. And our net result here, so we've got our the project manager, the owner's wage or fee, only 21 grand. We've got profit on the labour for the apprentice and the subcontractors of um, – 25,600. So that's gone up because we're, we're just simply billing more um, subcontract hours and our materials profit is the same. So our total project profit has gone down by nearly 12 and a half grand. So obviously, you know, from a, an individual project point of view, that's not great, but this is the, the key to the whole situation as a project manager. So this is the seventh point is that if you're working as a project manager, you should be able to do more projects. We've assumed that you're spending 40 days on this one job. So if you think, you know, if you times that by four, that's 160 days, you've got another 60 days worth of, um, of standard working days. And we all know business owners work, uh, you know, or some of them work, work weekends as well. Yeah. Or, you know, don't take as many holidays and all that. So I think four projects per annum is a pretty reasonable assumption if you can work 40 days as a project manager on the job and essentially means you're doing for something like this, you'd, you'd be running two jobs at the same time, 
that this is a massively important assumption. And so when we multiply our 64 grand project profit by four, obviously our, our annual return before our overheads has gone up to the 255 grand. We take away our overheads, which have gone up a bit, and we get a total return per annum before tax of 200. So we've increased our profit by 78% and, um, and we're, we're off the tools. So um, I think you know, that's obviously a really good result. Um, so the key, so just to reiterate what the keys are for this, we go back up the top. The keys are here, working out how many days you'll be able to work on the job as a project manager. Because if you thought that this was going to take more, let's say you were inefficient and say you still did 60 days full-time on this job as a project manager, at your hourly rate, if we scroll down, what that means is that you're going to be charging more for the job. So that's, this job is now 6% um, more costly to the client. So whether you can get that job across the line is something you'd have to look at. Um, it also means if you're doing 60 days on this job, it's probably going to be harder for you to do four projects a year. You might be looking at, say, 3.3. And so there, you know, the, the profits come down a little. Um, so, so that's the first real key, I think, how many days you're going to work on the job because that dictates how many projects you can do. The, um, the second big key is what you're going to charge per hour. So ideally, I think you'd be working well, let's say at least $75 an hour and say we've changed that to say say 40, still quite a lot of time, then we'll see that um, you're getting a good rate or a better rate for your labour. You're only doing 40 days on the job. So there really shouldn't be a problem with you doing four jobs a year. And so then we push that profit up to 213 grand. Yeah. So that's the second real key. And then the third big key is how many jobs can you do a year? Because if you can get really efficient and you do that, that, you know, the 30 to 40 days per project, and if you do five jobs a year, you know, bang, suddenly you've gone from 112 to 280. So, yeah, it's a big increase. Yeah. Just had a message come through from Hugh. He's just joined us. Also, uh, Gavin has been here, Ollie, Greg, Brett, Ben and Nicholas have all joined us since we started doing this, but you just put a message in uh, who you well know, Hugh. Yeah, uh, he you. said, good evening, going to have to watch the replay as I've only just finished work for the day. So he really <laughs> does need to watch this replay. <laughs> we were talking all about you, Hugh, here. Yeah, this is exactly yeah, what sure. needs to happen. Um, yeah. And so just you – know, we're. Only got a couple of minutes left. This show yep. goes so so quick, and I think we need to probably cover some of the other, um, <clears throat> I suppose, objections that might be coming up in people's minds um, in other shows. But I'm also happy to get into a conversation in Builders in a Circle. If if you've got um, concerns about this, how do you do this? I can't do this. You know, it's all based on price. You know, happy to get engaged in a conversation about those sorts of things because it. what we're talking about here is if you genuinely want a business that's going to give you time and financial freedom, you've got to let go of this 
white knuckled grip you've got round the neck of your business and start to uh, allow other people to do certain things. Um, and, and that is simply leverage. It doesn't matter how good you are personally, how efficient you are personally, there are only so many hours in the day and the lights go out. So the only way we can scale and get time and financial freedom is to build a team and also have processes that are in place prior to turning a prospect into a client. And that's the one thing that, that um, Angus was, was talking about when he said, okay, we've got a 4.1 or a 6% increase, whatever it is. The bottom line, folks, and I'm happy to enter into a discussion with anybody about this, is the price doesn't really matter. I know it flows flies in the face of just about every builder you talk to that they say everybody makes decisions based on price. I say bullshit. They do not. People make decisions based on emotion, and if you have a process that has them feeling like they are understood, that they are supported, and you care about the purpose of the project and you you have a, a, a systems and processes in place where you're working together with the owner as a team, not as um, just a financial transaction, you will find that the the price doesn't matter anywhere near as much. Um, and case in point, Stevie O, who's not watching tonight uh, but is on most of the other ones, did a session with you not that long ago. Uh, Angus mm. went back, did exactly this, um, charged for project management, also put up the rates for everybody and everything and um, – had an increase of I think it was somewhere around 30 plus 30 mid 30s in the price of a project and the people didn't even blink and he was having heart palpitations thinking you know there's going to be objections and all of this sort of stuff but he is so good at creating a connection and trust and so forth with with, with his prospects uh, they just wanted him to do the job and the price wasn't the issue it was the value, it was the guidance, it was the confidence that um, working with Stevie uh, gave this customer as to why they said yes. And every single person watching can do the same thing. And if you've got roadblocks in your business that are preventing you from moving in the direction that Angus has showed us uh, that we should be moving into, I'm more than happy to engage in conversations and answer any questions you've got through Builders in a Circle. You can stop sharing the screen now if you want. <laughs> so so we can cool. see your face. Okay. The other thing is if you want a, um, a copy of the spreadsheet, yes. um, just send me an email or if you go into or you can email Mick or you can go into my website, into the contact page. It's Morrison. A-B-S, S for Sam, .com .au, and um, just say you're on the webinar, you want to copy the spreadsheet, I'm yep. more than happy to, to send one to you. Or even a simpler way is, is in the comment section underneath this video, whether you're watching live or the replay, just put the word spreadsheet in the comments and uh, I'll get a copy from um, Angus and I can just shoot it through to people uh, if, if they like. 
if they want one. Very, very simple. So we've also been joined by Tristan. Tristan is watching. Tristan was our guest last week. How are you going, Tristan? Tristan is an amazing guy. Uh, watched the replay from last week. Um, he was our special guest. Uh, multiple award winner for the best place or the, the top 50 places in Australia eight years in a row uh, to work and was number one in 2014, so all about culture. If you want to learn about culture in your business, Tristan is the man. Um, so there's a bunch of people saying spreadsheet, spreadsheet. Tristan's given us a smiley face. Uh, so we will hook you up whether you're watching the uh, the replay or watching live with that spreadsheet. But also if you've got any questions about it, simply ask them through the comment section here and Builders Inner Circle. Um, again, you have delivered amply, uh, Angus. Thanks, Thank you. <laughs> and um, just give everybody your details again, just in case there's some, some people out there in Builders Inner Circle land that want to reach out to you and say, could you help me with profit first, please? <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it'd be great to get in contact. Yeah, so Angus, A-N-G-U-S, at morrisonabs.com.au um, or just look up morrisonabs.com.au. You can get in contact through the contact page or if you um, didn't get those details, just um, get in contact with Mick and he'll put you in contact, in contact with me. Yeah, yeah. There are many ways to skin a cat. So all you really need to do is if you want anything, in Builders in a Circle is just ask for it, really, and we'll we'll do our absolute best to uh, to get there. So that's it for another episode of Builders in a Circle. Uh, Leo has just joined us, so watch the replay, Leo. <laughs> so start at the start because this was awesome. Uh, learnt so much. It just makes so much sense. And, and here's the thing, just before we get out of here, and uh, Tristan will agree with this because we spoke about this last week in the show. There is this crazy phenomenon that is almost unexplainable, that when you start to measure things, it starts to improve. When you start to measure engagement, it starts to improve. When you start to measure the financial health and well-being of your business, it starts to improve. When you start to measure any metric, efficiency metric in your business, it starts to improve. Without you having to consciously set goals and put new processes into place, when things are measured, they start to improve. I think profit first uh, works a lot that way. By simply having that measurement, things start to improve. But obviously profit first, there's a whole lot of things that you can do that that make things uh, improve significantly quite quickly. So by simply just having this spreadsheet and starting to figure out your jobs in the manner that Angus has described this evening, to make sure you're allowing X amount of days for project management, X amount of days for certain parts of the, the project, and measuring that as it's going uh, and learning from it as you go, you will find that things will just start to improve. So it, it's a great tool to have. Again, thank you very much, Angus. We will be nice. uh, speaking to you again, I am sure. Right. Thanks for having me, Mick. My pleasure. Or As always, Lee has just joined us. What are you doing, Lee? We, we were supposed to be finished six minutes ago and you're just joining us. <laughs> but anyway, that's okay. 
Thank you for joining us live. Um, and, and again, if you are watching the replay, uh, still put your comments in. We monitor this pretty closely and we'll get back to you straight away. If you're listening just to the audio version of this in your car and driving along uh, and want to see the spreadsheet and you're not a member of Builders Inner Circle, jump across, answer a couple of quick questions, join the group, tap into a lot of the other cool resources that seem to be pumped into this group, tap into the knowledge, experience and intellectual property of the other amazing members in this group uh, and together we will all achieve more, the old good old acronym for team. So we'll be back again next week, 8pm. Uh, I nearly said 8am but I won't be uh, here at 8am. It'll be 8pm uh, with another episode of Builders Problem Solved. Let you know what the focus is and, and uh, who we've got on as a guest during the week. Um, that's it. That's all I have to say. Adam said thank you. Lee's just had a bath, so that's good to know, Angus. Great. <laughs> Lee is clean while she's watching us. So uh, if you want the spreadsheet, as I said, just put the word spreadsheet in there and we will hook you up. That is it. Um, bye for now. Bye for now.